Well, 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 hello everybody and welcome to episode 12 of Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North. I am your host, Captain Goodwill, and I am joined as ever by my lovely, handsome, ravishing science officer, Sinoise. And this week we also have a very lovely guest. We are joined by General Kirky. Hello. Hello, Hello <laughs> Kirsty. Why don't you tell everyone who you are? I'm a uh, General Kirky. I am a five-time Star Trek convention veteran oh. and lifelong Trekkie. Wow, <laughs> five times, you brave, brave lady. Um, <laughs> whew, okay, very, very rich lady, I'd like to say. You know, yes, yes, very not. rich. Very... <laughs> you remortgaged your husband, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> How did you afford these photo opportunities? I no longer have a husband. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, so you have been a lifelong Trekkie. Yes, very much so, from being a dot. Next generation, all the way through. (gasps) Oh, well done. You're going to be right at home here. How are you, (laughs) Sinois? I I am good. Well, no, I'm not, actually. No, I'm... (laughs) I'm, I'm putting on a brave face at the minute because I'm actually really ill this week. And it's just been, you know, when you just have one of those weeks where you're just like, hold on, have we waited 10 seconds? Cool. Fuck off week. Um, yeah. One minute 38, guys. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's the first one. In the, in the swear jar. But um, it's that idea of like, just, you know, when you just get a week where everything hits you at once and you're just like going, why is this happening? So like work's been really, really difficult. Mm. I've got this awful... Uh, it's like swelling on the rib thing that oh. I've got to take like you know yeah it's really annoying so it's like this pain in, on my chest thing and it's like oh it's so annoying oh uh, poor and, dear yeah but at least I've got decent lighting this week which is quite he good he does look at his every, beautiful every face every on my face look at that head on on ridges my little oh, yes. rookie Klingon ridges. Oh, yeah. rookie! <laughs> yeah, rookie ridges. Rookie Wait, ridges. That's my porn name. There we go. Oh, it's all it's all tailspin now. We're going into porn <laughs> already. Um, yes, guys. As you may or may not be aware, this is a pre-recorded episode. We are doing don't, this in don't the. Don't tell them that. Don't... Studio. It's behind the scenes. This is this is Hold how the that. sausage is made. This is. <laughs> I'll tell you how the sausage is made. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> my Rysian porno uh, jacket. Yes, but, um, the Sinoise is in velour this week. Um, but how about we? How about we just pretend that it's not pre-recorded, and we just go like we just pretend we know what's happening in the chat. So we kind oh, of, we could do this. Wait, Beth, yeah, like, behave. Beth, I, it's lovely that you're. Are you eating cereal? Are you, Beth? Yes, Great. cereal. No, no, I'm going to mod wow. you now. I'm going to block. Yes, um, <laughs> but no, seriously, we we are we are pre-recorded. This is happening on a Wednesday, um, but by your guys' standards, this is a Friday, and I'm in. I'm with you in the chat, uh, joining in on the premiere. Uh, so hello, everyone in the chat. Big shout out to you all we love you all the nerdy up north community hello to the uh hello to mark cartier from the shuttle pod show hello hello to so hill it's it's absolutely insane mark why do you why do you like our pokey little show come on our show come mark. closer mark let Please. us squeeze you let us squeeze you let's... yes join oh. us join <laughs> us sir you will be a true brit by the end of it uh, but no, <laughs> hello. Osmosis is that how? It works? Yes, of course. Yes, yes. He will. He will photo photo osmosis. He, we will assimilate him into British culture. Um, 
Yes. Uh, oh, God. God love you, Mark. Um, uh, but no, everyone in the chat who has joined, hello, welcome. Um, if you are not already, please subscribe to the Nerdy Up North YouTube channel. Like us, give us a comment. It helps the old algorithm. Please help us with the algorithm. Oh, and share this. Help me, algorithm. Help me, please, sir. Can I have the more? The pills don't work no more. Can I have more algorithms? Um, Can I have more? Oh, come on. No, no. Oh, oh my. To be fair, well, no, no, not not in the seagull fashion, but um, the. <laughs> That won't make any sense to anyone because they missed the entire pre-conversation. But uh, I'm really excited, though, algorithm-wise, because obviously on Monday uh, after this, we've got um, the new Monsters Up North happening. We really do. How cool is that going to be? Like, Sammy getting their monster show is great. And the intro that Paul has done is... Mwah! It is sublime. <laughs> Absolutely sublime. Huge shout-out to Paul, who is the cult leader of Nerdy Up North. Um, bless him, who never sleeps. Um constantly creating animations and promotions and graphics for all of our lovely podcasts bless him he does the lovely little ticker that you are seeing at the bottom of the screen going that way uh so yes huge shout out to everyone hello everyone in the chat however guys we are here because the double wheel of episodes has decided that we must review ship in a bottle which is from Star Trek The Next Generation's Season 6. Yes. So, guys. <laughs> yes. I, I was like, I was going to say Season 5, and then I was like, I'm glad I did. Season 6, that, episode... Wrong. Yes. <laughs> season 6, episode 12. So, guys, shall wow. we... How weird is yes. it, though? Like, we've all been saying this before we yep. started recording. How insane is the luck here? Like, we just mm. finished Star Trek, like, uh, Picard Season 3. Mm. And the first episode we get is Descent, which is, like, crucial to, like, Season 3. And, like, you know, data and lore and what we covered on Friday. Mm. But then, like, this one is out of 400 episodes or whatever is programmed in. And 880. Well, <laughs> yes. you know, all of the episodes programmed in, and we get this one, which is yeah. another episode it's that's insane. like it, it's, yeah. the lock it on knows. It is crazy. It knows the prophets are with us. <laughs> Kai Kai <laughs> win. I nearly said Kine win. Kai <laughs> win. Bless you, my child. <sighs> is... no, hold on, hold on, I'll reach out to you. I'll reach out to you and check your par. Hold on. Oh, oh, is it weak? Oh, strong, my child. Oh, is it weak? Oh, it's, okay. the, oh, it's proper big. Yes. You're, oh, your pal's massive. D thank you. The, the headset covers the earring. But no, it's <laughs> it's been it's it's been really good and really um, weird that the the algorithm has sort of selected the two most I would say relevant episodes from the next generation for season three of Picard. So I'm really excited to uh, review this episode, season twelve. Uh, season 12, episode 12 of season 6 of The Next Generation. Because this is the last, uh, or second to last, um, we see of Professor Moriarty before season... Well, yeah, the last one we see before it is season 3. the last three. time we see him. So, let's get into this, guys, because... As you guys may know, when it comes to these episodes, we like to do a scene by scene. We we like to deep dive into every scene, analyse what we like, what we don't like, and just basically bombard you with tricky goodness and references that you might not have picked up on when you originally seen the episodes. So, my lovely, lovely hosts, let's get into it. 
So the cold open. We see Data playing Sherlock Holmes for the first time in four years because behind the scenes, my God, did Paramount have some battles with the Arthur Conan Doyle estate uh, in regards to Sherlock Holmes. Really? That is why we didn't see Sherlock Holmes for a long goddamn time because Arthur Con- uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's estate uh, yeah. really weren't happy that uh, Paramount were using their name in a Next Generation uh, episode. That's why... The last time we saw them was, I believe it was Pulaski in season two. Yeah. yeah. Which is where we first saw Professor Moriarty. So that's why there's there was a gap um, between them. I knew nothing about this. Did this you is fascinating. Not? Yes. Couldn't they have just done like a copyright safe one and had it like as like Erlock Bones or something? And then, like, <laughs> no. Bones. It's on like Faker Street or something. And they're like, going, no. I tell you why. <laughs> I, I tell you why they couldn't. And it, it links into DS9's Our Man Bashir, uh, the James Bond yeah. ripoff, because MGM who owned James Bond at the time, went to Paramount and sent a very stiff letter and said, "Ah, no, 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 no. Because this (laughs) is far too close to James Bond. And this is what happened with the Conan Doyle estate. So it took four years of negotiating before they could use the Holmes name again. In, uh, See, I, though, I would I would take that battle in court because Mm. James Bond never had a gay sidekick. Whereas, like, our man Bashir had... Garrick. Yes, yes. Well, we all we all know that Andrew uh, Andrew portrayed Garrick as homosexual. He has inferred yep. in it at so many conventions. He's on the team. He's, He's on the on, team. He is honorary gay. On, he, well, yes, he is. Uh, so I I know the legalities behind uh, these these shows can go on for a very long time. But we do see Data finally playing Sherlock Holmes, trying to deduce how uh, this poor chap's brother is murdered. And he's getting so clever and he's getting so cocky in a Holmesian way. And he goes, because the person who did it is left-handed. Um, but the dude catches it in his right hand. Yeah. So we see that there is a problem with the holodeck. Again, apparently. Again. Mm. <laughs> Again. Yeah. So uh, they they call down Barkley. Uh, Lieutenant Anxiety, as I like to call him. They say <laughs> that's a brilliant name. It is. He should be called. No, he should be in the Klingon Empire and be General Anxiety. General, that's 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 a lot for Reg. Yeah, yeah, General General Kirkby. Um, but uh, yeah, so they call down Barkley and they say, "Can you just try and find out what's going on?" Barkley does some tinkering, and we see Moriarty appear. Yeah, that's it. Before we do this, though, I just want to point out, like how. How amazing it is. Like, how do we think the programs are being done now? Because obviously in the first Moriarty episode, we have it where Data's trying to solve the Sherlock Holmes stories, but because he's read them all, he just immediately just goes, oh, it's you. Like, which is a cool detail. But then obviously they work on it, mixing them up. And then yes. that's what creates Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like where he says to the computer, hey, randomize it, make something challenging. So is this hollow program that we're seeing like a randomly generated one? But then, but the problem is that the way Data does it, Data kind of acts like he knows what the ending is and it should be that he's left-handed and he's not. So I'm like, is this a random one? I don't know enough about Sherlock Holmes to tell whether this is actually a proper story. All I remember is the speckled band where it's a fucking snake and you're like, what? I think it's in a time when we had guns. Why would you get a baboon to put a bloody snake into an air vent? 
and then have it drop down on someone's face. I'm just going. I know it's meant to be a confusing mystery, but like. I think Guns. it's I think it's data using the evidence to deduce that this is absolutely what happened, but then mm. there's a glitch in the computer and he's like, No, 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 it is not physically possible for this to have occurred because of A, B, and C. So that's right. why they detected this. But obviously uh, Barkley uh, activates Moriarty because that is the glitch in the system. Mm. Uh Barclay's, Barclay explains to him that it's been four years since he was last activated. Moriarty wants to speak to Picard. Barkley leaves, but Moriarty reactivates himself. Kirsty. But, but Moriarty here, this is crazy, this scene, because A, we get to see the full holodeck that doesn't happen that much. I think it's we get to see it here properly, and then I think we in the alien one where they're recreating the table, mm -hmm. I think we get to see the full grid holodeck grid. there, but yes. usually it's just a five-second, oh, it's gone, you know. But, yes. but the fact is that Moriarty says that he has... He has been aware of being stored in memory, mm. which is a terrifying detail. It's really, can incredibly... you imagine? If you, like, and and the idea, and you kind of have a, a level of sympathy for Moriarty, which is kind of weird. Like that, like throughout the whole episode, you're a bit like, oh, you poor bastard. It's almost <laughs> like it's almost like that. He, what he's what he's translating that he's essentially been dead, but aware that he's in a in a space of nothingness. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys would agree to that, Kirsty. What what did you uh, think yeah, about about so, this? Just in general, in general, in general, that um, you know, obviously, I agree with sort of what you were saying about the Sherlock story. From that one, doesn't pay to any use, particularly the Jeremy Brett stories or anything. It doesn't the ones that Jeremy Brett acted out. It doesn't seem to link in. Hmm. So it definitely feels like it's a more randomized story yes. um, that has been created specifically to challenge data. And obviously, we've got, um, you know, Brent Spiner's just amazing character mm. changes, the way he changes between, you know, different different characters and into, into Sherlock, and he becomes, it's, it is. Yeah. Um, I love how he just sort of loses the act as soon as he realises he's wrong. He's like, oh, you oh, know, yeah. back to being oh. dated. So and good. he just looks at Geordie going, oh, what, what, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, why, why, why did that happen? I need to figure that out. Um, but then you get this, I agree with the sympathy for Moriarty as well. You get Moriarty feel, you're like, oh my word, he has been, you know, mm. uh, aware of, of snippets of passage of four years of time and he's frustrated, he's full of, you know, he actually almost hates Picard in this moment because he's like, he's not afraid as he promised me this and I haven't got mm. it. Mm. Um, so you do become sort of like, he's almost like an anti-hero a little bit. Mm. You, you kind of don't want to like him. But at this moment in time, you feel for him. And... Well, Moriarty doesn't do anything bad, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, in the, in the first episode he's in, he, like, kidnaps Pulaski or, like, holds her hostage. But then, essentially, he's just sitting there being like, have some scones, have some tea and tea and biscuits, like you know. And the, he's and a she's charming just like, mm. villain. Yeah, and it's just that weird <laughs> yeah. thing. He's like, yeah. I will have to kill you, but hopefully not. And he's just <laughs> yeah. like. Going, I don't really want to. I, I will if necessary. And that, I think that sums up Moriarty very quickly. Uh, you know, he's he's very driven, but obviously he's, his consciousness that he has gained. Is, yes. He's not lost his intelligence because he's designed to challenge data. The level of intelligence that he's playing with is, is huge. Mm. Um, and that smirk he gives when, when Barclay is kind of thinks Barclay, Barclay being Barclay, who is one of my... I love him dearly. Um, really? he, also, he thinks why would you get the guy who's a known... You know, hollow deck <laughs> sex pest. Why would you be like, oh, let's trust him with creating all the programs? Let's because he knows you know. where shit is hidden. <laughs> yeah, he knows, he knows, it. He he knows, knows where it. the homework folder in the <laughs> computer is Biker's hidden. Biker's homework. 
<laughs> yeah, Riker's leg maneuvers. <laughs> Riker's the only one of the crew, aside from Picard, that probably isn't a holodeck sex pest. In regards to like, you know, we've got George. He's a holodeck who creates a holodeck <laughs> girlfriend. We've got Barclays. Wow, I'm glad it's wiped clean. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what the else... grid's there for. It's just like, oh god. Yeah. Does so anybody good. else get that overwhelming? Yeah, so. No, it's right. Did you ever anyway get that overwhelming feeling when when Bartley went release the uh, the stored memory and everyone was just like Bartley, no, just no, just leave it. <laughs> Bartley, behave, don't. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, blop, oh, pops out. Oh, here we go. Oh, it's Moriarty. Yeah. Thank fuck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so imagine if it wasn't. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, hang on, you're the engineer from Utopia Planitia. Oh, this is Geordie's program. Never mind. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so after the intro, uh, we do get Stardate 4642.4.1. Um, again, for the, those people who don't know, these Stardates from the next generation onwards were uh, based on the season numbers. So season one was 4-1 and so on and so forth. So this is season six, so it's 4-6. Uh, just a little tricky fact for you. But we get a summary from Picard that the, the Enterprises in the... Uh, Dedrian system to witness the collision of two gas giants and when they collide we will see the birth of a new star so that's the establishing premise of where the enterprise is so we know what's going on for that barclays goes to engineering and basically says professor moriarty wants to speak to the captain but now this is the thing he doesn't he doesn't go there to say this he just randomly mentions it while at work so he's literally just i said think to, he did he just said to like sort of uh, moriarty yeah yeah i'll totally get on this and then we're like maybe this is like a week later or something and he's like oh think... yeah by the way I met this guy called moriarty i don't know why he sounds like that in my head but why is it why does he sound like middle management Hi guys, Hi. Hi. Yeah. julian here this guy called moriarty yeah when he goes to engineering does he go knock knock <laughs> no, no. Oh no, it's dead. Stop it, Ron. Stop. Stop. Um, <laughs> dude, no, no, let's not get it. Uh, Moriarty. Mm. No, okay. But yeah, so uh, we've, we Picard goes to the holodeck, goes to holodeck three. Picard sporting the lovely Picard jacket because <laughs> Patrick Stewart was sick to death of doing this yeah. all <laughs> the time because these things ride the fuck up. Don't this talk is... to me about them things riding up because at least yours is a top. Because I had the jumpsuit. Oh, oh no, oh no. So yeah, so we we do get the lovely Picard jacket because uh, he was sick of doing the Picard manoeuvre. Just, just I love that jacket. Always wanted that jacket. So Picard meets Moriarty because Moriarty wants to know why is it took four years and why has nothing happened. Picard goes into what I like to call full complaint handler mode here. Um, because after 10 years of dealing with complaints and dealing with customers, the way Picard talks, I'm like, holy shit, he is a complaint handler. So he's like, I'm so sorry for your frustration and inconvenience. Uh, we have been trying, but unfortunately, and I'm like, oh, don't use the word unfortunately. No one likes that. That's a no word. That's a negative <laughs> word. You have to put a positive on it. Uh, but basically, he just says that the, the top... Uh, scientists in Starfleet and his crew have tried to find a way to bring him into the into their world, but they're no further forward. They don't know how to do it. And then Moriarty's like, I don't believe anything you say. 
I really don't believe anything you say. I believe that with will alone I can walk off the holodeck. And Picard's like, no, you can't. You will dematerialise. Throws a book. Uh, throws Fifty Shades of Grey out so it's dematerialised forever. <laughs> Twilight. Uh, Twi- oh, throws Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> Ooh, controversial. It throws Twilight out of the... Uh, and, 50, and Fifty Shades... D- d- throws anything. Fifty Shades of Gay. Fi- <laughs> Fifty Shades of Earl Grey. Throws 50, it. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Earl Grey. Fifty Shades of Earl Grey. And it dis- and it disappears. And Moriarty's going, no, no, I, you know, I believe I can will myself into existence. <laughs> and he walks out of the holodeck, and everyone's like, oh damn, oh damn. <laughs> and Moriarty, I mean, the actor who plays Moriarty is like, I think, therefore I am. He is. So- so good. And yes. It's, and it's this wonderful thing. Obviously, I'm a massive DS9 fan. And mm. obviously, my favorite thing about DS9 is how good the villains are in it mm. and stuff. Yes. But like, Moriarty is like, you know, it was why it was so good getting him back in season three of Picard. I mean, I know I complained on the episode that I didn't think he was used properly. Like, mm. he was just like, oh, look, it's a cameo. And he it wasn't Moriarty. It was like a memory of Moriarty yeah but I love the idea of just going I was just happy to see him again and just happy to acknowledge the Moriarty character again but he's so fantastic he's such a like like what I was saying before we started recording how weird is it that we just accept we just accept all of this crazy stuff in Star Trek where it just goes hey we're gonna have an episode where they're all Robin Hood and his merry men oh we're just gonna have an episode where like um, an alien becomes a Mexican, like, singer on the, the bridge kind of thing. And then we have this, where it's like, oh, it's a fictional Sherlock Holmes character, and mm. it's done in a totally serious way in a perfectly scripted episode. You're just like, okay. But it's yeah. really amazing how it manages to pull it off. And what? it's his acting that does it. If he was, if he was like, I think if he was over the top, if he was like a flamboyant kind of like Moriarty, it wouldn't work. But because he plays it so perfectly, we just buy into it, you know? General Kirkby, how did you yes. feel when you first saw Moriarty walk out of the holodeck? It was a it was a total gobsmack moment, wasn't it? It was sort of like, how's he done it? That's what you want to know. How, yeah. how's, how's this happened? You see it on Data's face as well, and he's like, I love Data just being like, this is not possible. Like, not just... possible. And there's that, oh my God, moment. The Enterprise is, for want of a better word, it's it's that, this is right. This is, how are they going to deal with this? What are they going to do with this? How are they going, you know, we've got a new life form. What, what, what is this? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Barclay just was... being like, oh yes, it's possible. <laughs> yes. Oh, 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 there's more to me. Oh. Daddy's got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it's it's a case of because the next scene they take him to sickbay and this is one of only two appearances of Crusher, criminally underused in the next generation, yeah. uh, and she goes, well, he appears to be human, a little bit odd in certain places, but he appears yeah. to be fully human. And Picard, who who is generally gobsmacked, that goes, well, now that you're here, what do you want to do, and what what are we going to do with you? And Moriarty, genuinely, just goes. I just want to explore this new world that I now inhabit. I want to see what's out there. I want to go, what sea do we sail in? Can, can we go above deck? Is the weather fair? And then you realise it's like, yes, he knows from the previous balance that yeah. this is a ship, but he is firmly of the belief that 
it's a, a sailing ship. It is it is a, a ship of yeah. sea. It's not uh, anything else. So for Picard to take him to ten forward, and we you know and we see his reaction to, I'm in the stars. You know I I am sailing through the heavens. As he said, I love this is why I also love Sherlock Holmes so much, because it is over time where such colourful language was so commonplace and it was so frequently used uh, by people because we don't get that nowadays. We really don't. The, the language is far more simplistic and far more. Yeah, you look mint, you. But it's well, just I think that was it. It's so yeah. eloquent. And I remember reading it at school and that it's probably the reason why I'm like as eloquent. Like I can't say eloquent I can't say how eloquent <laughs> I am after I've said the fuck word a lot. <laughs> you know, and, and Go forth and multiply. But, um, but you know, like it was that idea of just like it really improves your vocabulary reading like yeah. stuff like this. It's not like there's a lot of old stuff where it's a bit crap or where it tries to be a bit grandiose, whereas Sherlock Holmes really works like the way all the language works and stuff. And it goes through the full gamut of um, characters and lifestyles and stuff. Yeah. The, all the stories. It's it's really well because Star Trek used to do. Star Trek did this all the way through its run. It 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 didn't treat its audience like they were stupid. It used um, it used the the you know colorful adjectives. It used far more descriptive words. It, it educated. Mm. I mean, for me, seeing this when I'm like a wee bairn and and just understanding these words, I felt so goddamn intelligent after watching Star Trek, and then. You know, trying to say these words at school, and and like Dale's just like, "What are you saying, you, you absolute <laughs> mong?" And it's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's just like, no That's one. That's a gets word it. we're missing from Klingon. It, it, it is, yes. We're from um, Star Trek. Patak. Patak to mong. But um, but yeah. That's but, it. That's my name, General Mong. But he, Chancellor Mong. But again, Picard. Picard again is is still quite rightly um, befuddled by the whole situation. He and Moriarty. I, I just want to say, how crazy is it though? Like Moriarty hasn't been that bad thus far in it. Yes. But because of his reputation, because of how he's programmed, there's this level of apprehension where everyone is a bit like, oh, fuck. oh yeah. Like, like we're trust saying, issues. when he steps off the holodeck, you you feel that they're all just like. Oh, we have a supervillain who can now wander around the ship. Mm. Uh, and even though we, it's that weird thing. Like it's like Garrick in DS Nine. You know the episode where he's like, "Why is everyone so nice to me nowadays?" And it's because he's so useful, but they've forgotten what he actually is. And he, you know, and then it has a whole episode of going, "No, no, you can't trust this guy. He is." And and I love the idea that this like has that kind of effect of. They don't trust him at all, even though he hasn't done anything based entirely on his reputation. Yes. But then there is that bit in the back of your mind where you're like, yeah, is he just going to try and take over the galaxy or try and, you know, do crazy shit? But in this scene, he's still genuine. He's like, I want to learn everything I can. I want to learn about yeah. the ship. I want to learn about the, the galaxy, the, you know, the, the, the stars. And, but he says, I am a man out of time and I am alone. So he imposes upon Picard to... Uh, think you know to say well if it's possible for me can we bring out the Countess Bartholomew uh, yeah. who is someone I you know it was who was created 
uh, for Data's programs, but I have a great affinity with her, a great affection. You know, she is more than just a character for me. She is someone whom I love. I can't remember if she's in the books. Because obviously Moriarty only appears like four times in Sherlock Holmes. I don't think I she I'm is. I'm sure he has a love interest, but I don't yeah, think it's her. I don't think it's her. I think she was created specifically for Data's stories, that his right. procedurally generated stories. But yeah. he wants Countess Bartholomew uh, to be brought out of... Uh, the holodeck. And while we're talking about how good literally um, this is, like in terms of Arthur Conan Doyle, this harkens back to uh, Frankenstein. Well, in terms of Frankenstein as in the Bride of Frankenstein, where it's the idea that the the creature wants a mate. A mate. Where he basically goes back to Dr. Frankenstein. He's like, hey, build me a mate. That sounds weird. But, you know, build build me a sexy mate. mate. Come on. (laughs) Yes. Come on, I want Pumbo. Yeah. Yes, yes. Let me have head. the sex. Yeah, we can have the sex, not just sex, the sex. The. That's that's how dramatic it's going to be. S E K S. I've arrived. Um, <laughs> I'm coronating. That's how I do. I'm coronating. Sorry. Oh God. <clears throat> Wait. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Is that how Charles does it? Is that how like? That- that's that's a really Which optimistic. Just like, it's a really optimistic prostate like, exam. I get it. Yes, it's not. <laughs> optimi- yes. Oh, oh, that no, that's wrong. Yeah. That's that's yeah. wiser. Deep um, breath, Mister Smith. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Deep breath, Camilla. Um, I mean, I mean, Kirkby. Uh, I, I want to get your insights into into Moriarty, like the because, like me and Graham have said, it's not funny, Graham. It's like what me and Graham have said, like it's that apprehension that. He seems genuine. Did you, you know? Do you also feel that there is something be when you were watching this that there was at the back of your head like there's an ulterior motive? Obviously, I mean, I'm I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan as well. Oh uh, yes, I think as soon as you see, wait, as soon as you see Moriarty, it's that whole when it was when he says he can't trust Picard. The thought in my head was, well, well we definitely can't trust you. Yes. And even when he's out there and he's seeing genuine and he's like, oh, it's the stars and. He, you know, the whole, I mean, the ship reference, the sailing ship reference is something that runs all the way through Next Generation. But yes. then you have this whole thing, he's like, the, the stars, I want to learn. And he's like, I'll give you books. And he's like, yes. But then instantly it's like, he's got to play it for that more. And you can start to see the mind ticking over in him. From the moment he became on screen, I didn't trust him. Um, yeah. And it's that, you can see the devious nature in him starting to tick straight away, even though initially he seems genuine. Um, straight away, I was like, he's, he's starting to manipulate you could see it. You could, you could almost the, the words he was using. Yes. You know, behold upon you. Yeah, because he, he knows he's like you. He, he kind of owe me, Picard. Yeah. This. Yeah, because we we then get into the uh, the observation lounge in the next scene where they're debating the moral quandary and the physical possibility of yes. bringing another holodeck character whilst they are still absolutely bamboozled at the fact that this holodeck character has walked out of the holodeck. Where at this point in the Star Trek timeline. That is not possible. There is no emitters. There is nothing. So how has this happened? So how does does in Voyager where how does it happen that the mobile admitter exists? Isn't it? It's from the future. You know, in Red Dwarf, where isn't it? They go to the future and it's been invented in the future and they bring it back in time. So in Voyager, they go. What happens in Voyager? In Voyager, they go to the 29th century. And right. the the mobile emitter has already been uh, invented, so they bring it back. In Red Dwarf, right. the ship has uh, 
I know it's Red Dwarf, but there's sort of emitters throughout the ship. Yeah. Uh, but he's Arnold's not. Uh, he's not corporeal. Not corporeal. He's not. Re- he, yeah. he can't touch him until he gets hard light. Yeah. yeah. So with Star Trek, holograms can only exist within the parameters of the hollow deck because that is where the emitters are. That's where the photons mm. and false fields can be created. Later on, we see. Um, specifically, I mean, in, in Picard, where the last Serena has emitters throughout the ship, so you get several Cristobal Rioses, which, mm. yay. And then he just doesn't use it properly at all. I don't know. He <laughs> uses it pretty goddamn well for several no, no, Cristobal obviously, Rioses. I, obviously, what I would do with a team of Rios is, woof, you know, that's a That's, that's a, a violation of the prime night. directive. That's going yes. to take a full <laughs> bottle of hand cream. That, but it's the idea of... Too much information. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but the idea of... <laughs> but the idea of, like... They, yeah, they didn't use that enough. But but yeah, but I, I like the idea that they haven't got there yet with, like, yeah. the fact that, that we know that is a possibility later where, like, you know, you get the mobile emitter and the Doctor being able to be anywhere. Mm. Isn't it crazy, though? Like, what would happen if they just went, oh, yeah, actually, Moriarty, mobile emitters exist now. There you go, you know... That'd be amazing. Just have a spin-off series all about Moriarty. I mean, well, the actor's probably too old now, but oh, I don't know. He's he's pretty sprightly in uh, Picard. I yeah. I did enjoy well, he, the. He walks the copy. down a corridor. <laughs> That's <laughs> enough for Star Trek. That is enough for Star Trek. <laughs> but they make the decision that it's too risky to bring another character, primarily because they don't know what they are bringing and they might lose the character if they try mm. to materialize them outside of the holodeck. Picard faces Moriarty is quite honest with him and says you know because you adore and and love the Countess we don't want to take the risk of losing her this is when the more sinister side of Moriarty comes out where he says I might need to take matters into my own hands Mm. Um, and this is what what you were saying Kirkby about the ulterior motive is starting to manifest itself uh, on screen and you're like oh what is he going to do? Because it goes straight to the bridge. They've arrived. I, I, I just want to say, though, I disagree with Kirky here in the <gasps> capacity of... Fight! Get the battle left! I was totally taken in here. Like it's and, and it's how well the actor does it that when I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, he's totally being good. He's, he's totally just being genuine and stuff. And it's that idea of that's exactly what Moriarty does. So it's the idea of the actor is playing Moriarty, playing... Moriarty, you know, and and Ooh, I love the I like idea that. that, like, I I love the idea that basically I yeah I would have believed Moriarty here, and and I don't think I don't really think like this episode he does anything really that wrong. Like in terms of he does hold the ship hostage technically, which is the scene <laughs> we're getting into here. Suppose suppose that could be kind of bad, really. But it's this idea. He's already of, attempted like, murder. Yeah, if you, if you don't succeed, it doesn't count. Try and try right? again. Uh, um, but, I mean, uh, <laughs> anyway. don't 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 tell me on that. But um, but no, but I was only taken, taken in by him and the idea of like, I think he's believe. I think he's sensible. Like what he does in this, like having sort of backup plans and having a kind of fallback in case the captain doesn't want to do what he wants. I think it's kind of sensible considering his situation because. What 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 else are they going to do? They're going to put him back in the computer, and if he's actually not lying about experiencing it, because we've got a face that maybe is lying about experiencing the passage of time or something, 
you know, but if he isn't, then you're like, yeah, you can't just do that, man. <laughs> Ooh, do you have a rebuttal, General? He makes a fair point. I mean, no, I, I genuinely could, like I said, from the beginning, I was like, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting yeah. for it. And he, I, I do believe there is a petulant child nature from him. I think the second he gets told, no, you're not having that, he's like, I am. And I'll get it and I'll do <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. I want to get it. And that is that. Um, it is definitely the the sort of the Moriarty sort of, I won't be told no. I am far too intelligent and far too more over you. You don't yeah. care if you're the captain of this ship or not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not having this. Yeah. So no, I, would you make a fair point? Because, you know, his actions seem mild at first. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's the idea of like, it, it's like sort of having a lovely conversation with someone and then looking down and realizing they've got a knife against your chest. It's like that, that where you're like, yeah. oh, okay. I didn't realize that was what we were doing. And that's exactly what Moriarty does in this next scene. Well, yeah, because like, oh, by the way, you know. yeah, because they arrive at the two gas giants and they're trying to launch a probe, and all the command codes are being rerouted. So they're like, "Oh, what's going on?" And then they find out that Moriarty has taken over the ship. And That's Moriarty command codes on a post-it note next to the monitor. Well, of course, one of those bloody offices. If it's always Picard four seven Alpha Tango, and you never change your password, guys, yeah. <laughs> this it. is a reminder: change I'm your password. It's going to need an at symbol and an underscore. We I need say. a special character, Captain. It's <laughs> so he because he's taken over. His his basically his demands are, you have got five hours until these two gas giants collide to bring the Countess Bartholomew into reality, or we all die. And Picard's like, but you'll die as well. But quite poetically, he's like, well, life's not worth living if I don't have the Countess with me to live it with. Mm. And I'm like, it's a again, it's a justifiable cause for him i'm not saying it's right but it is a justifiable cause because he's he is in this new world he is alone the one person he loves he cannot take with him to explore this new world with you know an englishman in new york uh, a fish out of water you if you are alone you are alone and you can't share these experiences with you so it is a justifiable mm. evil when it comes to this so we then get Eng the engineering scene where they're trying to come up with a plan to ha how to bring the, the, the Countess out of the holodeck and mm. Data theorises that they can use a transporter uh, but the problem is there is currently because it's a, a holographic image it's photons and force fields there is nothing physical for the transporter to lock on so they believe well if we modify the pattern enhancers to compensate for the phase, va phase variance of the holodeck god damn it i thought i could get that through that in one thing it's variance the phase variance the phase variance yeah they could they could bring the character out of the holodeck safely they don't know uh how he has overridden the security codes and picard picard asked laforge to see if there's a way to undo what Moriarty has done, which is, it's like, right, okay, so, so far, this is what they are trying to do. We've got a premise. They're trying to fork, they're trying to figure it out. So we see the the first introduction of the Countess Bartholomew uh, on the yeah. holodeck where Barclay uh, visits her as he's installing the pattern enhancers. Lovely little to and from between them both because uh, the Countess is fully aware of who she is, what she is, and where she is going. And we do see this lovely uh, scene between Moriarty and herself. Uh, in, you know, the... I, I have to say, before we before we get even get that far, 
how amazing is this character in like this actress where yes. she's so endearing she literally yes. this is the first time we've ever seen her and i just go like can't we have more of her like you know one episode is not enough of her uh, moriarty and her i love like, Beecham. yes like, I, I just love it though like you know just the sort of like you've been to africa you know, I have. And I just, it was quite an I adventure. I love all of it. She's just like, yeah. I got to wear trousers. Trousers, oh. yes. <laughs> I loved that. Because it's the, she's portraying genuine joy. Because she's like, oh, it was a wonderfully good time. I, I got to wear trousers throughout the whole... And you're just like, yes. She, she, like, she fully believes it. It's so endearing. So, so endearing. Yeah. And Barclay's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You keeps going, I, you know, so you know, so I, I do <laughs> I do love that Barclay's entire point in like this is now that he's become a bit more confident and he's a bit more self-assured and stuff, hmm. he's just now just going, Is everything always this confusing? <laughs> like, you know, is it this different you know, is being like a main character like always this confusing? <laughs> I know Dwight Schultz is, is getting on a bit, but he will always be howling mad Barkley for me, and I would love to see him in any future Star Trek. Even if it's just the tiniest of cameos, I would love to see him happy, hydrated, in his own lane, living his best life. Yeah. I mean that that's the thing, it's like I think that was one of the cameos that in the back of my mind i was kind of hoping for in mm. like picard but i think i think it's probably better though with barclay because he maybe has a bigger fan following than some of the ones we got like sort of row and stuff like because he has a bigger fan following than that then he should be in like the spin-off he you know oh, they should yes. genuinely well it's, it's legacy, star trek legacy one. it's legacy yeah, so legacy. he is a legacy character come on yeah. He's got to be. He's got to be. We, we've got to think, like, he is responsible for Voyager getting home. Yeah, but, he's you know, a hero. We, like, obviously, my, my lore isn't as good as, like, yours. by Well, the both of you by a long shot. But it's the idea of, like, where does Barclay stand in the lore after Voyager? Like, you, know how we're, you know how we're talking about, like, um, you know, how... Uh, O'Brien is worshipped as a god, practically. Uh, you know, where's Barclay? Because it's like, hey, you're the reason Voyager got home. You're the reason, like, sort of, like, this new technology exists. You're the reason why, like, holographics has improved so much. He's barely been mentioned in Lower Decks. Mm. That's it. Yeah. He was, I think it was only a couple. Of, I mean, I remember one episode, sort of, I think it was Voyager, where he ended up on a beach. He was on a beach with, with Diana Troy, I do believe. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he followed her to Malaysia, yeah, as That's you do. That's it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to, to, to stalk your counsellor. Stalking counselor. your psychologist. And yeah. She's like, I'm on holiday from you and you're here. <laughs> you know, she's like, this is what the old Facebook was before World War Three. Okay. <laughs> we'll just cool. follow you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Barclay's there to install these pattern enhancers. Uh, they want to try it on a chair first instead of the lovely Countess. They try to beam the chair into the transporter room. Doesn't work. Data goes, right, okay, let's have a look at the transporter logs. There are no transporter logs in the system. Mm. So it's like, oh, what's going on? Things are a bit hinky. So they go back to engineering where LaForge goes to Picard. I think I found a way to take control of the ship. I just need you to pop in your pin number, please, which is (laughs) the first sus thing. Anyone, guys, chat, anyone watching, if you ever... Do that, I will find you. 
Yeah, this is exactly it. Like, okay, so everyone in the chat, okay, this is our advice to you. If you are ever walking into engineering and someone asks you to give them all of the access codes or whatever, then don't. <laughs> like, just don't. Know, yeah. This, just this don't is the do earliest it. example of a phishing attempt. Yeah, uh, like a phishing attack <laughs> in the nineties. <90s. laughs> like, yeah. Scam! It? It's a scam call. Yeah. Kirk, you, your won. ship isn't working properly. Let me take over yeah. your screen and operate it for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You've won ten thousand bars of gold press latinum. Please just scan your thumbprint here. I am a Talaxian prince, and I would like <laughs> to deposit. And it's like no, uh, Kirkby, don't <laughs> worry about your light. You're absolutely fine. Well, it's getting more dramatic. Like yes, a, it's, it's, it's mood lighting. It's mood I'm just going to be a bit of white hair soon, and that's going to be it. Well, Kirk be the white. The red light from there, so you're getting slowly becoming a par wraith. So oh, you here started we go. Off with the, oh. You started off with the prophets, and now you've gone par wraith. <laughs> Your par is strong, child. Uh, so, yeah, so God, this is. Hold on, hold on, I'll check a par. Go on. Oh, oh. oh. Oh, you're gonna get married young. It's gonna be lovely. You're gonna go on holiday to Barbados. Lovely. So the new, uh, the new, the <laughs> new Kai of being like moving on. The new moving Kai on. of Bejor is Tina from Lancashire. So that's. <laughs> I love it. Going anywhere now? Hey, we got a jumja. Anyway, so uh... <laughs> grab my jumja. No, 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 jumja. No, no, no. It's thick and juicy, but uh, we got, um. <clears throat> so, bye, Mark. Back bye, to, Mark. Uh, bye, Mark. Welcome, welcome, Mark. <laughs> Do you want to come on our show, Mark? <laughs> um, seriously, I would love to have you on our show, dude. Honestly, I'm on the show. Yeah, we we need to check our par. But uh, so we're back. Um, we're back at engineering. Uh, Picard wrongly, everyone. Enters his credit card details and PIN number and date of birth into the computer. And then data comes and goes, oh, yeah, this isn't real. And he goes... You could have five seconds earlier, Data. Yeah. If Data was capable of running. I love the fact, though, in in classic 90s drama, he's like, I know how Moriarty took over the ship from the holodeck. How did he do that? We never left the holodeck. Da-da-da-da, fade to black. Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like... And then advert break. So he's explaining. We've learned all about Hershey's or whatever they advertise in America. Yeah, so he's, so he's, get... it's Patrick Stewart promoting new Mercuries. So it's it's uh, he explains that he's never left. We've never left the holodeck. It's me, you, and Barkley. We're the real people. He's like, how could you be sure? And he's just like, ah, let me just yeet this combadge into the warp core, because in the next generation. The Office of Health and Safety doesn't exist because these dudes do goddamn experiments next to the most powerful thing <laughs> on the starship all the goddamn time. They do I, I phaser tests. Meme. I love the meme where they've got the right? phaser test. It's literally pointing towards the warp core. And he's just sitting there being like, how intelligent are you again, Data? Just, just, let's just check that one. Yeah, so he's, so he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, combat. And it's just like, what happens if you were wrong? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know, oh. just think with your positronic brain a little bit and try not to ye- yeet it at the wall, yeet it at the carpet. Don't yeet it at the fucking warp core. The, the, 
Goodwill, they can't do that because then they'd have to make another wall for the set. <laughs> they'd literally have to <laughs> pretend... Don't you be coming in here right with your logic. But a piece of cardboard. Yeah. It's yeah. still broken from when Data threw that Borg into it. They're just like, oh. But, um, but then they realise that obviously Picard's given his commands and he's taken over the ship. So we 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 get... The... How clever is this, by the way? The fact that this is Moriarty's The first move. fishing scam. Oh. Yeah, but that's it. The first fishing space. scam. But it's the idea space. that... Spishing? He's spishing? <laughs> that sounds like something else. That sounds like an action you have to pay for. And but, spishing. Um... Oh, my God. Oh, I'm spitting. 4-7 Alpha Tango. Anyway. <laughs> I've arrived. Um... But, like, how crazy is it, though, that, like, ha this massive elaborate scheme just to get that and then as soon as he's got it he's like hello bitches <laughs> yeah because he goes yeah. to the bridge yeah he, yeah. Go he goes to the bridge Riker is naturally pissed off not doing the Riker maneuver because times are too serious for a leg order he uh <laughs> <Never>. he's like <laughs> you've also, taken command of the holodeck please don't look in my files he doesn't get like, to the bridge. He's he okay. transmits from the holodeck to the bridge. Okay, I was gonna say I was just like I can't remember him being on the bridge because no, obviously that would no. be like the whole point of the episode. He, he transmits to the bridge and he's like, I've taken control of your ship, and he's like, we've got three hours until these two stars explode. Mm. Uh, basically, he says the crew in the holodeck have tried to beam, uh, tried to beam uh, matter out of the holodeck onto the transporter. This is what they are doing. Obviously, it didn't work. You guys can do it because you are in the real world. Crack on with it. Mm. So, to show that he's not uh, messing about, he raises the temperature of the warp core, and they're like, okay, right, reduces the temperature. We then get this very charming scene of Picard and the Countess. Oh, <laughs> sploosh in this scene. <laughs> really? I love her so much. Really? She's, but how charming is Jean Luc? Yeah. Always, always. He's. I mean, he's, well, now were you swooning, Kirkby? Were you swooning? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my. Well, now, well, now we can say because of Picard season three, he's a certified dilf. So we're just like, hey, <laughs> he's know. a gilf. A gilf. He's a gilf. He's a gilf. He's eighty. He's eighty-two. He's a gilf. Well, doesn't doesn't no, Daniel? Think, Daniel's got I think a son anyway. So grandkids to be a gilf. Stashwick is Stashwick is a dilf. Yeah. Riker and Picard are gilfs. Klingon's a kilf. Worf's a kilf. Yeah. <laughs> the expanded canon. I mean, memory beta for this. The, it's just going to be crazy. Um, we, we'll make it to memory alpha one day. We will get this in-universe kilf. I love that. I love that. Now kilf. we've got candles. Hashtag candles. Candle slag. Hashtag kilf. Uh, Klingon. I'd like kilf. to um, uh, find honor with. Uh, but yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really charming scene because we, we do get this 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 is a rare sight for us to see charming Jean-Luc we get it when he's he's with uh, what's her name on Riser where they're treasure hunting yeah where he's yes. he's Nathan Picard as I like to call him <laughs> uh, We and we do get it with uh, Beverly Crusher where he's like I could be your candle in uh, the in the Naked Now in the first season yeah. episode uh it's it's a really nice scene and he's basically he's trying to convince her uh to convince moriarty to release the ship and he's like we are working to uh decouple the heisenberg compensators so they 
they don't track every molecule we believe this will happen and this is this will allow you to get into the real world can you tell moriarty this you know we won't do it until he releases control so we go back to the bridge uh where we find out that the enterprise is not uh, far enough to be shielded from the two planets colliding and a star forming so the the they've got 25 minutes left so the tension is building uh the countess tells moriarty uh, of the proposition and he's like i've got them where i want them oh what go on what, what do you want to say no i was just agreeing with you he's like oh yes i've done it i'm happy and then he's like starts with these demands doesn't he he's like, he he's does. like probably dark yes <laughs> he he does he does so he tells the bridge crew what he wants uh them to do with the transporter we go to the holodeck uh where we see the countess and moriarty beam into the transporter room where white wiker wiker yeah sorry jonathan was so we we see uh look out shania twine sorry um the uh, so random. sorry sorry i'm on one turn out guys the they beam into the transporter uh they beam into the transporter room everything seems to be a success Riker's like yes yes ha ha well done give me back the ship yeah and, and uh, moriarty has one further demand his plans are forming and he's like i want one of your shuttlecraft so me and the countess could explore once i am free of your trap i will relinquish the control and i'm like oh moriarty just please keep talking please it's well, what's the phrase he says it's like it's something like i shall give you the codes when i'm looking at your ship from a shuttle pod window oh you know something yeah, and I'm just like, something, I love something it, to like... that effect yeah so they give him a shuttlecraft they fly from, off. from the the one hangar bay that they have. Ah, yes. I never noticed this until you mentioned it last week, where you were like, "We never get to see Shuttle Bay Three because it doesn't exist." So we have in in the next generation, the Enterprise D has three shuttle bays. Shuttle Bay One, which is the huge hangar off the back of the bridge that you see on yeah. screen. Shuttle Bay Two, Shuttle Bay Three, which are on the dorsal spar. That's the neck of the enterprise D. dorsal spa sounds like you know that sounds like a it sounds like a shop in dorsal doesn't it yes yeah, dorsal it's spa. Spa. i'm off to dorsal oh, spa to get some welcome bread to dorsal spa. <laughs> yeah you so, will see many attractions please if you look to your left you will see a man getting mugged by seagulls but <laughs> that seagull's lucky because it's not in sunderland moving on <laughs> well, that's it, we... because what do they do in sunderland they fuck the seagull if no one knows or you're from america google seagull in sunderland you will want to burn your laptop. Why the... is Sunderland turning into our Florida? I know I live here, but it's literally Sunderland man does something. I blame you your villain. Yes. See, I don't live there anymore, so I don't hear these things, uh, even though I'm not far. Google it. <laughs> a, a guy no. fucked a seagull. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> he didn't. Well, yeah, well, I, I, I'm, if you couldn't have guessed, that was the story from what we'd already said. I, I I, did. No, I was he procreated. No, he didn't. He did. He didn't actually fuck the seagull. He. I love that we're talking about this on Picard. Hi, Mark. Um, but <laughs> hi, everyone in chat. Hi, Beth. Enjoy your cereal. Anyway, um, but no, I think he didn't. I think he tried jacking off, rubbing against the seagull, which is. But no, I love the fact. No, apparently, what happened was I. Why am I saying this? Uh, apparently the seagull tried to attack him or something so his reaction was to just <laughs> it. and you're like okay 
don't get you angry. I get that. This is the weirdest defense mechanism I've ever seen, but go with it. Welcome to anyway, Sunderland. So, so, so anyway, yeah, so my little, my little track fact. Um, yes. There are three shuttle bays on the Enterprise D. We see uh, Hangar Bay 2 and 3 all the time because they are smaller studios, easier to do. The reason why we don't see Hangar Bay 1 was because it is literally an aircraft carrier. So the Enterprise D is, is essentially a huge aircraft carrier. It has right. dozens and dozens of shuttles, multiple floors. The Hangar Bay is as close as I can put it. You know the scene in Red Dwarf where Cat's dancing with the blue midget? That It's not out of context. That's what it's called. It's... That's how big the, the hangar bay of the Enterprise D is. But we never see it because for budgetary reasons, it was never in there. It's beautifully being fleshed out in um, Unreal Engine, in tours and stuff like that. If you ever see it, YouTube it, it is huge. My only other tidbit for this scene is that Moriarty and the Countess Bartholomew, I love saying that, board this shuttle. It is There is two different shuttles using this set because they are cheaping out on the effect we get Shuttle Goddard, or the, the, the Type 15 shuttle, um, in them boarding it, and then the interior shots, and then we see Shuttle 3 leaving. So, But if you look at it, the exterior windows don't match what we see in the interior, which is a bit... Uh, but that's my that's my little trek. I did it. not notice that. that I that's noticed a trek it. spot and a half, that I, one, isn't it? That's I, a proper don't have a life um so please be my a lot of star trek models yes i yeah. the wall <laughs> of bankruptcy the um which which ironically i have both shuttles on but yeah so they they leave um they leave the enterprise and moriarty to his credit relinquishes control of the enterprise he's got what he wants and he gives the control back and then we find the ultimate twist that Everything that Moriarty experienced after beaming into the transporter room was in itself a holodeck simulation. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. How amazing is that, though? Like, that yes. is the perfect... Like, they literally beat him at his own game. They created a holodeck in the holodeck so they can holodeck while they holodecked. <laughs> Which is essentially what happened. I love that the computer's just like, you want to do what? <laughs> it's just Modern module Brad's <laughs> voice just being like, please re-specify requests. You know? Yeah, but it's 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 brilliantly done. The, they deactivate all the holodecks and they pull out, uh, Barclays pulls out the cube, and then we do get the little epilogue, the little wrap-up where Picard goes, we ingeniously created the holodeck within the holodeck. And then they, they explain, and I think it's really nice that they did that they did this for Moriarty, despite them, despite him putting oh, them in danger. Oh, it stopped working for me. What stopped working for you, dear? My Zoom's frozen. Oh, no. <laughs> got what a face. He's back. Yes, yeah, sorry. My Zoom's frozen. <laughs> there. He was just like, what? Who's there? Uh, your internet working. connection is unstable. Well, so am I. So we go together. We're all unstable. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's going dark. Uh, yeah. Do, do you? I, I want... back on that? Because we saw the, um, we saw you were saying that he gets... He gets the cube out, like, and I love, I love that he gets the cube and then puts it into this other thing that he says is like a memory expander. It's lovely. It reminded me of being a kid where you got the Game Boy thing. You yeah. know, like you could soup up the Game Boy by putting the big, massive block around it. And I was just like, okay, vain nineties. Well, I, I have a question for you both, uh, and I will start with uh, the lovely general in regards to this. So, 
this is this is a multifaceted question, so please bear with me. Obviously, Barclays stores uh, this cube and its power generator somewhere on the Enterprise D. Do you think that either it survived the crash on Viridian 3 or did they take it to um, Daystrom Station or the Daystrom Institute, I don't know what it was called in Lower Decks, to be stored with the other sophisticated AIs, as in Jeffrey Combs from Lower Decks? Oh. That's the buddy comedy we need. We need the we need the buddy comedy of fucking Moriarty, Jeffrey Combs as the Android, yeah. as the as the killing machine M cube, and then uh, the Countess Bartholomew. I can't even say. But what do you what do you think, Kirby? Because I'm really interested to 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 get both of your opinions on this. I I thought well when I when I saw obviously uh, Moriarty and Picard, that was one of the questions that sort of jumped in my head as to oh is he is he part of you know, is he what, when, why? Because at the time you were still waiting for the cliffhanger, weren't you? Yeah. So I was kind of like, oh, where's this coming from? Um, and obviously we'd seen various relics, so this was something that popped in my head initially. I mean, the likelihood of something surviving, that would be quite high, I reckon, if, the, if you know, the Galaxy yeah. class, went, when it was was quite a robust ship. So the idea was that if, it, you know, when, if they were able to restore what they did and retrieve what they did, the likelihood that that would have survived. It also depends where Barclay stored it, because he seemed to be very, very lovingly taking care of it. It was obviously yeah. something he was very, very proud of. Yeah. So, you know, the likelihood of that surviving, yes. Was it taken to Daystrom? Most likely. Mm. Was that Moriarty from that? I don't think so. That was a copy. That was, uh, yeah. I, I think, it was, it was, yeah. it was data, uh, or the Absolutely. amalgamation of data law, um, and and everyone else. It was it creating was that facsimile, facsimile. It was. It was yeah. data trying to reach out to Riker, because after you'd recognised him through the AI, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I think it probably did survive. In in all honesty, if that if that answers what you were asking, yes, yeah. I do. I do. What, what do you think, Sino is? Well, I, I think it's the fact of, like we say, we I believe in Picard's sincerity when he's talking to Moriarty of we didn't we didn't forget you, we were doing stuff, but we thought we had more time. You know, like we, we thought you weren't aware of passage of time, so we were taking it kind of slowly. I reckon I reckon it doesn't the it probably didn't stay on the Enterprise for that long. I'm pretty yeah. sure that the next time they get to daystrom or something they drop it off like picard goes hey not gonna forget it this time let's drop this to off. these so studies I'm... yeah because yeah. they because obviously this is fascinating the idea of it's a, a sophisticated all ai the... yeah all of the stuff that he like uh produces so so that's why i was disappointed by the appearance in picard because obviously we were talking about it in the episodes leading up to it where we're like we know moriarty appears how does moriarty appear and all the stuff that I was chatting to people about and stuff fan was, service. oh, maybe, maybe that's how you get into Daystrom. So, like, you know, because obviously my... Well, we thing, also theorised that, didn't we? We yeah, said the, the, maybe the Moriarty is the AI. Yeah, if, if the AI, if Daystrom Station is built upon, like, B4 and the AI protecting it is, like, data or something like that, then is it that you use Moriarty to get into Daystrom Station mm -hmm. and that's how he'd come into it? But then instead, what we got was a very hollow cameo where it's data. Hollow memory. cameo, well done. Oh, hollow oh, well God. Done. That is yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bravo. 
I eat praise for breakfast. Nom nom nom. You nom, get you nom. get um, you get the golden com badge of, com- yeah, of, of praise. It's not a gold star. I do have a gold star. I'm not going to get the gold star for you. No, no. You, you can have the com badge. But, like, so I was disappointed in Picard. I think they could have done a lot more with it. But then as yes. we're realizing, there's a lot of stuff they wanted to do with Picard season three. And they had to be star like, Trek, let's not even bother. Let's. Yeah. But I like the idea that Moriarty exists. I like the idea that future holographic stuff that we see in Star Trek is based upon what Moriarty's like program brings to to the mix yeah. and i like the idea that maybe he exists somewhere like maybe he's got a mobile emitter and he's actually off doing things or something yeah. i that's what i think in my in my head canon yeah and i don't think they're gonna prove me wrong you know i don't think they're gonna go into it in enough detail to say no that's not possible and i just dropped my phone Over, overall <laughs> overall though, i i do believe this was a fantastic episode this is a classic episode of the next yeah. generation it's got twists and turns it's got jeopardy it's got tremendous acting um from all involved yet again we do get to see moriarty we love a bit of sherlock holmes in star trek um mm-hmm. they they just data and sherlock holmes go hand in hand i thoroughly enjoyed this i love re-watching uh, this episode uh, for this podcast as well. It was a great choice from the uh, the Dabo wheel. I do hope uh, that if Star Trek Legacy is greenlit, there's nothing going on at the moment because there is currently the, the Writers Guild strike in America where no right. pitches are allowed until that is cleared. So any talk of Star Trek Legacy has been put on the back burner. So... I hope we get him because he is a legendary character, let's be honest. Mm. But overall, love this episode. Great choice. I just, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I can't, I can't. It, it's a great episode. It, it is, it is a standalone episode. I, I think it, it summarizes everything that is great about Star Trek. Because we, we have this idea of the holodeck mixing old sort of, you know, like old world stuff like Sherlock Holmes or whatever in this fantasy kind of element in with sci-fi elements in with this is a typical, hey, we've got a problem. How do we scientifically fix it rather than it just being like, oh, oh, we magically fixed it or some other element came in and fixed it for us that we see in a lot of other shows. You know, in this one, like, while we don't see it necessarily, we know the data's gone, hey, we created our own version of the ship to trick Moriarty. Mm. And, you know, you just go, oh, that's so clever. Like, it, and obviously we get characterization. We get, like, wonderful. We get a bit of knowledge about Barclay and we get knowledge about Moriarty and Picard. And it's just, yeah, I think everyone bar Roy gets some time in this episode, I think. Yeah. Even if most of them are holographic. I mean, I don't... Do we get to see normal? No, we get to see normal Geordie at the beginning, and that's yes. it. Yeah. Do we get and to see Riker like at all? Yes, we do. Towards do the end. The hologram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Towards the end. Okay, right, cool. Yeah. I have a, a question for chat though, if it's permitted, for yeah. when it goes out. <laughs> Given the state, if you've ever, you know, all the episodes that we've had with, uh, you know, you know, holodecks and all these holodeck stories, would you still use one? Oh, that's for the chat, and also it's for the comments below. Please leave us a comment if you would still use off the back of the transporter thing from season three would you use a transporter but would you use 
a holodeck knowing the risks that is a really really good yeah. question i mean hold on in this the in this theory has someone done a scan of jake gyllenhaal kirky <laughs> I it mean, will be in the archives. Kind of so. I mean, you know, if you're going to put yourself into peril, you know, yeah, obviously that there would have been that, that yeah. could be an, an absolute yes. Um, yeah. I might have to turn safe mode off. So, oh, you know. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my, oh my, oh, oh, but oh, hang on a minute, guys, I'm getting an incoming oh, transmission. Oh. Incoming oh. transmission. Oh my god, it's turned off. Oh my god. <laughs> I realise I haven't put the cameras correctly for the double wheel. Never mind. Oh, oh my god, you fucked it up. Oh my god, oh. I've absolutely, I've absolutely fucked it. it. I've fucked it. Never mind. Oh, I have a, I have a, uh, a backup. I love how Kirky just generally descending into darkness. <laughs> it's a, it's a, just. <laughs> Oh, wow, she's completely... She's into the void. She's where Moriarty <laughs> stayed for four years. Um, but, yeah, so sorry about that, guys. Brief technical hiccup there. I thought I'd sorted it, but never mind. I do have the double wheel, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa. The double wheel. And I think it's got to be time that we spin it. Spin it. Oh, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just hold on. Code of honour. Code of honour. Actually, actually, before we do it, because we've had two perfect episodes that are tied into season three of Picard, what would you reckon would be the other perfect episode? What what episode could we spin where we would just be like, Christ, this is fixed? Season seven, episode 24, where mm -hmm. Roll Laren defects to the marquee. Yep. Okay, that would be insane if we got that. That, that would be insane. Okay, but... Ooh. Hedge your bets but now no. in the chat, guys. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. Come on, best of Ooh, both worlds. Best of both worlds. worlds. Yeah. Right, guys, I am going to be spinning the double wheel. I will be spinning it if I can get it to work. There we go. And it's spinning. It's spinning. It's spinning. And I can't oh. see it. Why can't I see it? <laughs> the double wheel is broken. Everything's gone all Pete Tong. Oh, God. All gone Pete Tong. It really has. It's not working. <laughs> it's not working. Hang on, guys. You're about to see how the sausage is made. Oh, shit. So... <laughs> oh. Right. Daddy, how the sausage made. Interact. I apologize okay, so, for that. So, Kirk, you've been on any nice holidays lately? We've got a spin, been science nice officer. Holidays lately. Holidays. <laughs> been on a holiday. Been a nice holiday. holiday. Right. White we are spinning, guys. We are spinning. Okay, wait. Oh. are going to be watching next week star trek voyages episode flashback oh oh well let's see what this one's about shall we shall we get the synopsis for this so people know yeah, what the get, get your synopsis out get your synopsis oh get out. your synopsis out before i disappear completely you will not disappear <laughs> how long do we have until you dematerialize <laughs> can we put the uh what is it what are they called the hollow emitters Holodeck malfunction. I'm lost forever. So. You just turned into most haunted. <laughs> this is. This is season three of Star Trek Voyager. 
This is the 30th anniversary celebratory episode of Star Trek Voyager where we see Tuvok on the USS Excelsior who is captained by Hikaru Sulu. So we are literally going to go oh my next (laughs) week because we are going to see Sulu in full swing as he captains the USS Excelsior during the events of the Undiscovered Country. What yes. an episode. Yeah. And, god damn it, Double Wheel, although you were broken, god damn it, another Picard callback. Yes. Tuvok. Crazy, man. A Tuvok centric episode. And isn't the, is the Excelsior mentioned in Picard? I can't remember. The new Excelsior was mentioned because that was destroyed. That was Captain Nolan North, as I'm going to call yes. him. Captain Drake. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Drake um, does what he did last night on Twitch when I was playing and died a lot. So, <laughs> but but yeah, I'm really looking that's, forward to that. That's brilliant. And I'm glad we're getting a Voyager one because I have to admit, like, we've got like, hey, Dabo Wheel, it's got all these episodes in. It's another next gen. Okay. You know? Yes, yes, it really is. So I'm absolutely looking forward to that. Guys, that was our review of Ship in a Bottle from Star Trek The Next Generation Season 6. What are you doing this week, Cyanoids? Have you got anything to promote? Being <laughs> I'm being ill. It's, um, except being ill. What are you promoting? Except being ill. <laughs> what am I doing? Um, on, Sunday, on, on Sunday, you can catch me at Bobby's Bar in Newcastle for the final of Drag Idol UK Newcastle okay. Heats. Uh, I'm actually, I'm not in the competition. I'm just doing press on behalf of Girl Global Mm. uh, and on the Girl podcast, G-U-R-L global.com, I think it is. Um, Yeah, uh, and we're doing press, so we'll be interviewing the uh, finalists and whatnot and then hopefully crowning a winner. And I might be appearing and singing in one of the performers' numbers, which (gasps) should be fun. (laughs) So if you live in the northeast of England, guys, please... Go visit Sinois, uh on what day is it? Sorry, Sunday. Sunday, yeah. So Sunday, bloody Sunday. Because this is Friday, obviously. Oh, it's, it's, it's Friday. Yes, it's, it's, it's Friday. Friday. Enjoy your cereal, Beth. This is this um, is live. This is this is live. Hello, Christopher. Hello, Beth. <laughs> Hello, Paul. No, I'm not dead yet. It's uh, yes. Yeah, so it it is it is live. So you can catch Sinois on there. Sinois is. Uh, Websites and everything that you can follow uh, them on is down in the description below. Guys, you can follow Nerdy Up North on everything that you get your socials from, except social security, because we don't do that yet. <laughs> we are on. We've got a lovely uh, Facebook group. Um, over 8,000 people, I believe, are getting towards 8,000 people. The page has got 13,000 people. This is insane. Absolutely insane. I love when we were celebrating like 2,000 or something. We were like, ooh, 2,000 people. We'll never get better than that. The only time I celebrated <laughs> it was when we hit 4K and I was like, yay, television reference. So I that, that was the only time I, I celebrated. Uh, we are on Twitter. Uh, so you can follow us at Nerdy Up North on Twitter. We have obviously YouTube. If you are not subscribed to our YouTube channel, give us a subscription. Subscribe. Subscribe, like, comment. I know every YouTuber on the planet says it, but guys, it really, really helps the algorithm. Share this video with all your treks and trekkers that you love daily. 
get more people involved. We do go live. Uh, it's only few and far between that we record whenever we have very hectic uh, <laughs> social lives. I have a social life. Uh, <laughs> it's it's when, when our when our schedules clash, shall we say. Yeah. We do have a lovely YouTube channel. We've got loads and over 300 videos for your entertainment pleasure. We have an Instagram page. We have The Tick and The Talk. That the lovely Sammy, the lovely, lovely Sammy uh, is running. We have a new series that uh, Sinoise mentioned at the top of the video called Monsters Up North. That is going live on Monday. So please make sure you tune in. Which is all talking about monsters from folklore and movies and whatnot. Because obviously we did a podcast episode that I'm on where you can catch me talking over guests who know a lot more about the subject than I do. (laughs) But because yeah, my but... X-Men power is talking over people, I have to play into it. Um, Charles Xavier. I went to college for that shit. Um, but yeah, the and it's basically amazing. So we're starting with the creature from the Black Lagoon. So yes. it'll be like a full episode doing a deep dive into the movie and the legend, I assume, with some amazing guests on it. I'm I'm going to be on one of them later. I think I'm I think I'm signed on for when we talk about the Wolfman. And I don't know if that's just the movie, the Wolfman, or if it's just called misogyny the movie um or if it's just uh, about werewolves in general and also this sunday guys uh, we are live at 7 30 p.m uk time that is 2 30 p.m eastern time 11 30 a.m pacific time oh yes i know my times i've got a watch we are live <laughs> we are live on youtube to discuss top five british comedies so that's going to be very interesting because I don't know if any of you know, we're quite British. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, what? No, what? I'm fully American. No, are you? I'm Hungarian, don't you know? So, God, the lines on my face. You are Klingon. It's not wrinkles, yeah. it's Klingon. Yes. Foreheads up north. Foreheads up north. Foreheads up north. (laughs) But, like I said, whilst we're doing that, we have a very swanky Twitch channel that me and Jake run. Uh, We are looking to do more in the future. Jake has got his time-travelling machine where, if you redeem enough points, he will time-travel to visit a defunct high street store of the past. (laughs) He has visited the Warner Brothers store in the Metro Centre. He has visited Geordie Jeans to get some comfortable jeans at reasonable price. Places. Where will he visit next? The C and the A, perhaps. <laughs> Woolworths. Woolworths, yeah. Pick and mix some Woolworths. Debenhams. Too soon. Um, <laughs> isn't that scary that that's gone now? Like uh, that Not in the past, it yet, isn't. It doesn't exist. Not in the past, it doesn't. Not yet. in the past. I am also continuing with my Uncharted playthrough where people are piling me with sound effects about various saucy things and wanting me to die all the time and um, sometimes they want me to die in game sometimes they just want me to die in general but uh, other than that you can follow me on twitter because i am the biggest tricky gobshite on twitter i am goodwill none so the description is in the link below general kirkby it has been an absolute honor to have you uh- on our have you enjoyed being on Kirky? Have it you? has been fantastic. Oh, thank you for thank you brilliant. for the time. And uh, the honor is with you. Um so yeah, Chad, what did you think? Did you enjoy having Kirky on it? Should we get Kirky back? Oh uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, because I, I've loved having you here, Kirky. You are a very close friend of mine, and it has been very good to chat trek in a 
Mildly professional way. Mildly professional. Mildly professional is the lane which we want to stay in. Mildly <laughs> professional and adequately funny. That is the USP. Adequately funny. That is the That's USP. Kind of is it <laughs> adequately <laughs> funny? It is the it is the USP of uh, nerdy up north. Uh, my <laughs> mild professionalism adequate. and adequate funniness. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like a way Data would describe someone. Who's being shady, just adequate. <laughs> we are As the Windows human. Vista of YouTube channels. We may break down sometimes, but we are adequate for your needs. So <laughs> as much as my laptop light is adequate. Oh. I, 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 love, still I love that it is literally just most haunted right now. It <laughs> is. Oh my god, it's a vet fielding. Mary, stick. Yeah. Mary. <laughs> Mary. No, Derek, don't touch people. But uh, anyway. Um But guys, yes. <laughs> It's been an absolute pleasure, uh, as always. Uh, I would like to thank General Kirkby for joining us. Absolute honour to have you on. I would like thank to you. thank my wonderful co-host, Science Officer Sinoid, and I would like to thank each and every one of you who has joined in on the chat, who has joined in watching us, who has liked, who has commented, who has subscribed to Nerdy Up North. You mean the absolute world to me. Star Trek is my life, is my passion, and it is always an honour to share that love with all of you so i would like to bid you all a farewell until next week live long and prosper guys see you later have you been to africa <laughs> <laughs>